Action Network Podcast. 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 If you are even remotely a savage, you'll run these people over in a second. Oh! Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Brendan Glasheen joined today by Billy Ward and Dan Stupp in for Sean Zarillo. You know what that means. UFC betting preview. We are back in Las Vegas. UFC Vegas 75 going down this weekend from the Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. 12 fights, six on the main card, six prelims. If you are familiar with the podcast, you know the drill. If you're not, uh, we break down the main event. We also preview the fight of the night, sometimes the co-main. Favorite underdogs, favorite props, and then a best bet for the guys. And then we get in and get out. So thanks for stopping by if you are a regular listener to our UFC betting previews. This weekend's uh, action, uh, like I said, taking place at the Apex facility. The uh, prelims are available on ESPN2. Main card airs on ESPN, 10 Eastern. And, of course, if you have ESPN+, Plus, you can watch every fight there. So no pay-per-view um, for this particular weekend. All right, main event, uh, Martin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. That is your main event for this weekend. Cannonier, Billy, is at plus 104. Billy Ward, by the way, has the UFC luck rankings available over at uh luck ratings excuse me kind of the same thing luck ratings available at actionnetwork.com he previews the card but also gives you he thinks the line that's under fighters undervalued or fairly valued or overvalued etc cannoneer plus 104 vittori's the favorite minus 128 what uh comes to mind when you see these two fighters going head to head and how do you want to bet this fight yeah, this is an interesting main event, you know, a little bit higher quality than we see at the Apex a lot of the time. In a way, this is almost like the bronze medal match of the middleweight division. Both guys have lost or beaten everyone other than Robert Whitaker and current champion Israel Adesanya in their last seven or eight fights, depending on how far back you look on each of them. So it's a great fight if, you know, you're interested in the division and seeing who really is the best. Probably not, you know major title implications for either guys just because we've seen them both in there with Adesanya and Robert Whitaker who's pretty clearly the second best middleweight but still a compelling fight I'm really interested to see how this one plays itself out you know I tweeted earlier in the week when Vittori was around even money that just felt like free CLV if you wanted to take that one and that's what we've seen you know I think the sharp action has all came in on Marvin Vittori I think you could even get him plus money at a certain point maybe Monday or so but I like the matchup for him you know Vittori's a southpaw. He has really, really good footwork. When he was fighting Roman Delize in his last fight, he was almost con- constantly winning that battle of the lead foot, meaning getting his front foot outside of his orthodox opponents. That's going to be a major factor here against Cannoneer. Both men have excellent leg kicks, but it's really hard to land that leg kick on an opposite stance person if your foot is to the inside of that. Now, Cannoneer does like to switch his stances a little bit. But it's pretty obvious what he's doing. You know, I noticed it just watching a couple fights. Every time he switches stances, he throws a big power kick from his rear leg. If I can pick up on that, just trying to break down this fight to bet on it, I'm pretty sure Vittori and his camp are going to be hip to that. Outside of that, you know, Vittori's got much more volume. He's more active with his hands, in and out a lot, mixes levels pretty well. Cannoneer's a little bit more powerful. You know, he likes to hang on the back, uses a super long reach to land big shots. 
But Vittori's fought guys like that before, and he's looked pretty good in those situations. He's pretty defensively sound. So I think ultimately what it comes down to, other than the leg kicks, is whether Cannoneer is able to land that big shot. And Vittori's been in there with some dangerous strikers. You know, he went the distance with Adesanya, which is very impressive, another tall, long guy who lands heavy shots. I think he'll be able to do that again. Given the line movement, though, I don't see Vittori coming here just starching Cannoneer. That's why I'm going to my favorite, you know, FanDuel betting option where you can get four or five rounds, four rounds, five, or by decision. If any of those happen, plus 110 on Vittori. Given the way the lines moved, I think that's a little bit better way to play this one. I know Dan's on a similar angle with that. If you really wanted to hedge or were worried about it, you know, the inverse of that cannoneer in the early rounds, I could see some value there. But I think the footwork and the movement and the leg kicks of Vittori are just going to be too much over time. Probably not going to be a late finish. I don't really see that happening, but the difference between that and the decision line isn't all that big, so I'm willing to cover my bet there. We do have the receipts. That's what people do, right? They go to Twitter, keep keep the receipts. Well, Billy Ward was on Twitter Monday. Not sure if I'll end up betting it since I haven't gotten much too much tape yet. She is now done. Vittori at even money, pretty much guaranteed free CLV right now if you're into that kind of thing. And Billy also adds, I was leaning Vittori before looking at the lines for what it's worth. Thought he'd be minus 150 or so. So therefore, there is still value uh, in Vittori. Sort of. Minus 128 compared to what Billy thought it would be. Um, There you go. So, Dan, uh, as Billy teased, you might be in a similar boat in terms of how you want to bet this middleweight clash. Yeah, no, I think he uh, he really nailed the the breakdown. I, I think it basically a, a big part of it comes just down to durability. I don't think Cannoneer is going to be the first one to, to stop Vittori, you know, with punches. And I think the longer the fight goes on, the more we see uh, Vittori's durability and chin hang in there. Again, that's not going to be around forever, but until we see otherwise, I'm, I'm okay banking on it. The guy seems to be uh, resilient to a, a degree we don't see a whole lot, especially at 185 where guys pack a lot of power. But I was originally leaning uh, Vittori just straight up on the money line, even though obviously we we missed uh, some of the value earlier in the week. I really liked him at uh, via decision at plus 130. But honestly, I think Billy's play, you know, uh, you're losing a, a little bit of the payoff by getting two extra rounds and accounting for a, a late stop, which, which is a, a very real possibility. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I I, I was initially going uh, Vittori via decision. Uh, if you got access to the way Billy did it, you know, with the kind of same game parlay with the or the uh, going to decision is around four or five at plus one ten. I think either one of those are, are good options. I, I think Vittori is clearly the play. Yeah, looking elsewhere on the card, we'll get to the fight of the night in a moment. Favorite underdog, Billy. Is this a good underdog week? I think it is. There's a few that I like, you know, some of them, like we see a lot, the values left a little bit, but I'm still on Nicholas Dalby. Really fun fight against Muslim Salikov. This is one I'm interested in both betting and watching as we talk about on this one. Muslim Salikov, they call him the king of Kung Fu. He has a Wushu or Sanda background, which is a combat sport originating out of China. And it's basically strikes with takedowns, but there's no groundwork once you get to the ground. So I can take you down, I can throw you, but then we just stand right back up and start punching each other again, which, you know, carries over to MMA a lot better than some of the traditional martial arts the guys come in with. The issue I have with that is that Salikov doesn't have a great ground game. He'll get some takedowns, but usually doesn't do much with it, gets stood back up. And Dolby is kind of the opposite. Not a great wrestler, but he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt. Both of his last two fights were pretty high-level grapplers, and he either at worst survived and at best won some of those grappling exchanges. So if I'm Salikov, I probably don't take it to this ground, take it to the ground against Dolby. 
if you do, he might wrestle himself into trouble. So that's one angle. But I also really like the the stand-up matchup for Dolby. With the Kung Fu style of Salikov, he really needs some distance and some time and space to do his stuff. And that's really hard against a guy like Dolby, who's constantly in your face, constantly shoving you against the fence, just throws a ton more volume. And honestly, similar to the Vittori Cannoneer fight, I could see Salikov landing, you know, some big spinning wheel kick or one of his trademark moves like that early in the fight. But if he doesn't get it early, I think it's all Dolby from there on out, just based on the volume, which helps him win some minutes. So this is one where if you're watching it live, you could hold out and maybe try to bet Nicholas Dolby after round one, you know, cover some of that threat of early stoppage and maybe even get a better line if he gets hurt. But at plus 162, I'm more than happy just covering the money or taking the money line initially. Dan, I know we'll get to the, the fight of the night. We can just really transition now. You've got an underdog play <laughs> on the fight of the night, Sabatini and Almeida. Yeah, I, I like Almeida here. I think uh, Sabatini's uh, stand-up, I, I don't think is really improving and, and his durability, I, I think is going to be a concern. And I think against a guy like Almeida, uh, who looked great last time out, um, I, I think he's going to be the better striking. I think he's more than competent on the ground. And I think he'll probably want to keep this standing. Uh, I know he's had a series of canceled bouts, and, and it's been a while since we've seen him, but he was training for killers I, in those. I think he's going to be more than prepared. Um, I, I feel like this should probably be lined a little closer to a 50-50, so getting plus 150, plus 160 in that neighborhood. Uh, I love that, especially for a fight. I, I want to watch it because it's one of my favorite bets, but I also want to watch it just because it's going to be a fantastic fight. We were talking earlier about sometimes we have bets we like with fights that we have no interest in watching, but uh, this is the opposite. It's a bet I like and a fed I, uh, fight I like. So reading up, Billy, on your your luck ratings, you actually think Sabatini is, is undervalued in this spot. Almeida is at plus 154 uh, on the money line. So And Dan likes Almeida. What, where are you at with this the fight of the night, this particular matchup? Well, I did like Sabatini as an undervalued option earlier in the week, but he was minus 175, minus 180. Right. I thought he was a little undervalued just because he kind of got a weird fluke-ish knockout in his last fight. It's not a fluke when a guy punches you in the face and renders <laughs> you unconscious, right? Like, these guys train really hard to do that. But that's not something that you expect to happen all the time. It was... A bit of a weird fight against Damon Jackson, whose brother just died and was super emotionally charged. It was a whole thing. I don't think that that really tells us a lot about Sabatini as a fighter or his ability. Then on the other side of that, while Almeida ended up getting a knockout in his UFC debut, he was hurt real bad in the first round. If you go back and watch that fight, there's a lot of refs who probably would have stepped in and stopped that one against um, Almeida in that fight against Mike Trezano. So he was kind of lucky in the sense of he was given the chance to come back. And obviously it was the right call by the referee to not because he ended up winning. But if this fight is against five and O Patrick Sab is five and O Patrick Sabatini against O and one Lucas Almeida, we'd see a much larger line. And we have, because it's moved, you know, Sabatini now minus two fifteen. I'm actually with Dan, where if I had to pick a side right now, I'd probably go to Almeida because the line has moved too far. But what I said in my luck ratings is, given what we've seen from both guys, they've both been hurt in recent fights, it's kind of a binary matchup where Sabatini has a huge edge on the ground, Almeida should be much better on the feet. I said in the luck ratings, I think when the lines are released, the best bet is probably on under two and a half. That's minus 130. Love that now. I'm going to trust my gut from earlier in the week. You know, sometimes it's hard to trust the thing you said earlier as you get deeper into things. I'm going to do that this one. But even though I'm on the Sabatini side at his previous line, I actually do agree with Dan, given how much it's moved in his direction. All right. Sabatini, 5-0 and in the UFC. 
this point in his career. Four, four and one. I was saying he would be five and zero oh had he not got if that. If he got it. Got that it. was kind of my, you know, when I look at the luck ratings, it's kind of like, what would this line be had close events like that played out differently? It's kind of my logic. So obviously he'd be a much different or much heavier favorite if those things had happened. They didn't. And I'm not saying it was lucky or unlucky to get knocked out, but it's not something we expect to happen every fight with a guy of his quality. Gotcha. Uh, okay, let's move on to the prop market. And these are always fun because a lot of times you get some good plus money. And um, I like it. We'll, we'll take it behind the curtain. Dan had a good line before we got started. Like, hey, some of these bets are just if you're interested in winning money. Uh, these are bets <laughs> we like, but do we actually want to sweat these out? I mean, we want to sweat them out. I, I understand that. But um, folks are tuning in for some long, long shot stuff like this. And that's sometimes what the prop market offers because they tend to be long shot-ish. Uh, Billy, what are, you, what are you looking this week for, for a prop? Yeah, I'm looking at Teresa Bladesa. Her nickname is Russian Ronda, as in Ronda Rousey, and that's not by accident. <laughs> and her, her submission line is plus 460, which just seemed really long given how heavy of a money line favorite she is. She lost her UFC debut. She got knocked out in the third round. She's kind of a first round or first half of the fighter bust type fighter, but she had Natalia Silva in a couple submissions that were fairly close. And just emptied the tank trying to finish him, and it didn't work. I think this is a better matchup for her. Natalia Silva, who she fought in her debut, is now 3-0 in the UFC and just looks like a monster. Um, So I think she's able to get it done in this one. I also like her inside the distance line at plus 200 because unlike her theoretical namesake here, she does go for a lot of ground and pound. She's not just hunting submissions. But plus 460, you know, it's kind of that prop squad style bet that we like to make. It's an easier opponent for her. She's an excellent, you know, wrestler slash judo player. Uh, I love this fight just because we get to further our debates of Brazilian jiu-jitsu versus judo, which is, you know, for people in the martial arts scene is a battle that will never be solved, but we'll at least get one more data point on one side or the other this weekend. Dan, where are we looking for a prop this weekend? UFC Vegas 75. Yeah, going back to a fight we discussed earlier, or Billy discussed earlier, the, the Nicholas Dalby one. Uh, I actually, uh, he made me kind of a believer earlier this week, and, and Dalby is a a live underdog here, but I really feel like if he's going to win, he's just going to grind, kind of grind out a, a grimy decision and uh, maybe pull away late. So uh, taking Dolby by decision, uh, he's already plus money just on the money line. Uh, you can bump that from plus 160 to about plus 260 if you take him via decision. I think that's his most likely path to victory. Um, so I don't know. That, that could be kind of a, a fun fight for the MMA I guess the OGs, it, it could be a bit of a grimy one, but uh, I, I think Dolby's a, a live dog, and I like him to win by decision. And, and that's another one where if you're betting on our sponsor, FanDuel, they have the round three or decision mm -hmm. line, which I don't have off the top of my head, but obviously somewhere between the money line and the decision line. You know, just if you worry about a guy getting finished on the stretch, I, I don't really trust Salikov's cardio, which speaks to Dan's line as well, but also could raise the chance of a third round stoppage, especially with gentlemen of a certain age getting in there. Both guys are coming up on 40. I was going to say, I forget who it was, but I think someone on our prop squad too is targeting round two and round three submissions. Uh, maybe in that, or may, it might be another one, but yeah, I, I, I Billy, thanks for bringing that up. It, it's tricky on these. When you get the, I think we coined the phrase a few weeks ago, Brendan, uh, cash the idea. Where it's, it's always sad when you catch oh the idea, gosh. but not the ticket, you know? <laughs> that for, I was thinking about this in the car the other day. I'm like, what was the phrase that Billy and or Sean Zarillo said? It was the idea. You cash the idea, but not the bet. 
But yeah, so you know, you're running the risk of some cash in the idea if Dolby gets <laughs> a stoppage at four minutes in the third round. And you have that decision prop, but obviously, you know, we we like to get paid out more money rather than less money, and if that's the likeliest outcome, you know, that's a way to do that. Cash the idea. That's phenomenal. <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen. We want to cash the bets. Uh, okay. With that said, final bets, best bets, Billy. Is this one a best bet that we're going to watch and enjoy or bet and run away? <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a best bet. It's more more of a final bet this weekend. Okay. I, really like, I really like the Dolby play, I think. But, you know, obviously fits better as an underdog or prop. But I'm looking at Armin Petrosian. He's plus 122 on FanDuel. I think if you shop around, you can get somewhere in the plus 130s. He's fighting Christian Leroy Duncan, who is kind of like one of the next hyped British prospects. Duncan has one UFC fight and he won it because his opponent kind of had a freak knee injury up against the fence. So we don't know a ton about Duncan. What we do know is Petrosian two and one in the UFC just faced a murderer's row. His first couple fights, he fought uh RoboCop and then I'm trying to, Oh, Kyle Bahio, both of whom are combined to be eight and two in the UFC with one of those losses coming to Petrosian and Petrosian has outstruck every opponent he's fought, right? He's a super high level Muay Thai fighter. That's where his background is. And the UFC fed him to, you know, grappling phenoms in his first couple fights. Duncan has a background as a high-level basketball player in England, which are, you know, just a combination of words that don't make me think you can wrestle at all. And we haven't really seen him do it much. I even He has one submission in the Cage Warriors for one of his fights there, but it was more of a club and sub situation where he hurt a guy and snatched up a neck. And I'm just going to trust the high-level kickboxer to be able to win if the fight stays placed in his area, which it should. It's, it's an intriguing fight because Petrosian's not a big power guy, not a knockout artist. Duncan is the exact opposite. Duncan also has a huge reach edge, but that's been every fight for Petrosian in the UFC, and he's overcame those factors so far. It's something we talked about earlier with Vittori. His, we don't know if it's chin or just you're so defensively sound that you're never getting really hit squarely, but Petrosian has managed to eat what looked like some pretty big shots and still put a pace on his opponents, lands a ton of leg and body kicks, which will pay dividends down the stretch. I think if we can avoid that early power surge from CLD and CLD has only had one fight go to a decision. He's used to hitting people and they just collapse right there. So I think it's another one where we could wait and get a live line on Petrosian that might be a little bit better after round one. But since we're already getting plus money, I'm just going to play the money line, especially in the plus one thirties that are out there. All right. Excellent. And just to clarify, yep. Plus one twenty six uh, available at FanDuel. So you're getting a, a little bit of a better price. On to uh, Dan. Best bet before we get out of here. I have a feeling this may could fall into the cash the idea, which kind of uh, scares me a bit. But uh, he likes I'm take it. Alice, really. He yeah. likes it. <laughs> I'm going to take Alessandro uh, Costa to win inside the distance. Uh, part of this is I, I was kind of leaning uh, Costa anyway. Um, I do a lot of my betting kind of seeing what smart folks are also on. And uh, I know a lot of folks that I really respect are, are on this fight. I, I think what it comes down to is his opponent, Jimmy Flick. I, I think there's too much uh, value being put in his submission ability in this fight. And I think it's kind of tainting the line a bit. Um, I, I think 
Flick does have a submission thread. I don't think it's as big as uh, people are making it out to be. Costa's very competent on the ground. I think actually uh, kind of prior to the UFC did a lot of his work on the ground. But he's going to have a huge striking edge. I worry about Flick's durability. I worry about his game planning in this if things don't go uh, well for him right off the bat. So Costa inside the distance, I think it's minus 120, minus 130. You may even find a better line. And I, I think that's one, too, where we may uh, – someone in the prop squad, I think, is targeting round two, round three props for plus 600 plus a thousand around there so cost inside the distance i really like that one i like that one too i was just gonna add those guys with the submission threat like that jimmy flick specifically who goes for you know really wild and off the wall submissions it's kind of like if you don't get it you're putting yourself in a really bad spot to get knocked out you know when you go for a flying triangle awesome when it works but when it misses all of a sudden you're on your back you just drop from six feet in the air you're kind of disoriented Flick is a guy, he'll get a good position on the ground, but sacrifice it to go for an arm bar or something like that, which I think raises the odds of the inside the distance, which makes that a way better way to play this than the money line, because the money line does factor in that submission threat. Um, I think it's even money, plus 100. Even better. Right. Over, at, uh, over at FanDuel. There you go. All right, gents. Uh, that's going to do it for our UFC Vegas 75 betting preview here in the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. Thanks to our friends at FanDuel. Find Dan and Billy in the Action Network app. You can also find Billy's luck ratings for this particular card over on actionnetwork.com in the app as well. If they add anything last minute, check the app. Uh, Billy, do we know if we get, we get Zerillo back next week? No disrespect to Dan. I'm just curious. <laughs> Please. I believe so. <laughs> Last I heard, I am not 100% on that, though. So okay. some, someone will be here telling you who to bet on for next week's UFC. Okay. I will be one of those people who else it is. <laughs> hey, Dan, thanks for being here. Appreciate you. No problem. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Also, you can find Billy Ward's Nerfy baseball picks uh, over in the Action app and on actionnetwork.com. Billy also contributes to our baseball content during the summer. Brendan Glasheen signing off. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the card. We'll talk to you next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.